Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Couch with the real Dr. J. Hugh, a podcast dedicated to breaking the stigma of mental health, normalizing help seeking, and bringing you tips and tricks for living a thriving holistic life. I'm Dr. Christine J. Hugh, a licensed psychologist and host of the show. I'm pumped to bring you raw and real conversations with clinicians, mental health advocates, and people just like you. And it's all without the psychobabble. And just a quick caveat, this podcast is not mental health treatment, and it's not intended to be a substitute for mental health treatment. So you can check out the show notes for resources on finding a therapist in your area. All right, let's get into it. Hey, hey, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in to Beyond the Couch. I am your host, Dr. Christine Jehu, and today we're going to talk all about making a change. But before we dive in, I have a huge favor to ask. Would you take a second right now as you're listening to screenshot the show on your phone, screenshot that the podcast, and then share it over on Instagram. Put it on your stories or share it to your Facebook feed, whatever makes sense for you, and include a little bit of something that you have loved about the show or that you've learned from listening in. This really helps to get the word out and encourages more people to come on over and take a listen. This podcast is literally just me. There is no production team. (laughs) It's me sitting alone in the basement with the unfinished ceiling. The dog is sitting in the chair behind me, keeping me company, and I am praying that she doesn't start barking in the middle of recording. (laughs) And it's me doing all of the editing and the pre and post production bits. So this is literally a one human show. So every time you share on social media or you text an episode to a friend, it's like you're joining the team and you're giving me a huge hug and a high five. It means so, so much to me. If you do put it out there, especially on Instagram, please be sure that you tag me. It's at the real Dr. Jehu so that I can personally thank you for helping me spread the word. Okay, let's get into the good stuff today. So on Saturday mornings, I get up early and get on this virtual chat uh, with some women who are all across the United States. It's like a book club, plus empowerment, plus women supporting women kind of vibe. The idea is that we're all engaged in some sort of personal development. We're reading a book, we're listening to a podcast, maybe watching empowering YouTube videos, but it's all with the purpose of self-growth, self-understanding, and leveling up in our lives. We chat and share for about 30 to 45 minutes. Then we take some time to write out affirmations, those hopes and dreams and goals that we have for our life. And then some of us will stay on to work out together. It's a really epic space and 100% worth waking up for. So one of the things we were talking about this past weekend is making a change and how it can be really hard to dig in to take action on changes that we would like to make. There's this tendency to start beating ourselves up when change doesn't happen or it doesn't happen as quickly as we'd like. And we end up comparing ourselves and getting into this vicious and really mean cycle with ourselves for not doing the thing that we want to do. Can you feel me on this? I know that I'm not alone, but it makes me wonder, were we even set up for success? Were we actually ready to make change that change that we're beating ourselves up over, over not making. So I was listening to one of the women talk on Saturday about how she wanted to become a morning person, which I can totally relate to. She recently got real with herself and was digging into why it is that she wants to be a morning person and identified that it's for her kiddo, which is so incredible. But the why 
of why we want to make a behavior change is really only half the battle. So this whole conversation on that Saturday morning kind of book club got me thinking about the model of behavior change and how there are actually different stages that we go through when making a change. And we're going to get into those um into the stages today in a non-psychobabbly kind of way, because that's what we do here on Beyond the Couch. We're grabbing those juicy little nuggets of tangible knowledge in a way that you can actually understand and implement in your life. It's not the academic garble that sits in journals and textbooks. We really get actionable here. We get real and actionable, okay? So let's take this idea of wanting to become a morning person, because it's something I can relate to that took me years to develop. And maybe becoming a morning person is not on your aspiration list, but think about something that you are desiring to make a change in, some area of your life, because I'm sure that there are parts of this process that you'll be able to relate to, even if it's not about waking up in the morning, right? And it'll help you understand the stages of behavior change if you're kind of thinking about um, a place where you want to make some improvement in your life or adjustments. Okay, so for as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a morning person. There's something magical to me about the morning. The weather is cooler. There's a unique smell in the air. You're up before everyone else in the world, everyone else, and the world is just far more quiet. There is nothing more delicious to me than sitting outside on the patio with a warm cup of coffee, a journal, and my thoughts first thing in the morning. I think I first fell in love with mornings at summer camp (laughs) during high school when there were 50 women who needed to shower and there were only three showers. So I got up early to miss the rush. I would get ready and then have all this time to myself before breakfast and it was really incredible. The other time that I would feel the magic of the mornings was when we'd have the early morning soccer games on the weekend. So driving to the field before the rest of the world was up warming up when the grass was still damp and there was a layer of mist covering the field and passing the ball that left a little trail in the dew. Like I can see it and smell it right now. Things just feel right in the world to me during that time of day. But if you notice in those examples, there was a clear reason for getting up early to avoid the rush on the showers at summer camp and to be at the field to play soccer. These weren't everyday wake-ups. They weren't consistent. They were a necessity. So after college, I had a few years off. (laughs) I took a few years off before going back to grad school. And I used to go out hard on the weekends. And if I'm being honest, who am I kidding? (laughs) It didn't matter what day it was. I'd go out late and I'd have a great time. And I distinctly remember so many weekends getting up, hungover on Saturday morning, driving to Starbucks, the window down, the music playing, feeling the sun and wind hit my face, on the way to liquid life, aka a venti black iced coffee and a blueberry muffin. (laughs) That combination is still the way to my heart, by the way, hangover or no hangover. So on the way to Starbucks, we would always pass groups of runners up and at it, making their way through the streets of Richmond. They all had on super cute outfits and their faces might have been beet red, but they were smiling. They were so happy. In groups of two or three, sometimes larger, like eight or ten, they were talking, they were laughing and having the best time, and they were taking care of themselves. And here I was, driving by, hungover, and desperately in need of the biggest coffee, and deep, deep down, I wanted to be them, but I never told anyone. 
And if I'm being honest, I had hardly admitted it to myself. So fast forward to grad school, I got up early because I had to get to campus. Though if if you've been to grad school or you know somebody who's been to grad school, those days are no joke. We're talking like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on campus. So there were no leisurely mornings. It was all business. Get up, get ready, get to campus and repeat. It wasn't until, geez, probably like year four of grad school. And mind you, I did seven years of graduate school. So year four, I started to flirt with the idea of doing something other than rushing in the mornings. I started to take 15 to 30 minute walks in the morning or do some yoga on a few days a week. This sustained for a short amount, shorts amount, what? This sustained for a short amount of time and then it would fall off. There was no deep need for me to do it or something or someone to hold me accountable. Then in a later year, the campus gym asked if I would teach morning exercise classes. So I had been teaching indoor cycling in the evening for a few years, and I was the only instructor that was available for morning classes just because I was at grad school and I had a little bit more flexibility um, in my schedule. So literally, I was shaking my head no, but my mouth said yes. (laughs) So you might be like, Christine, why say yes when you really didn't want to get up to teach exercise at 7 a.m.? So like teaching an exercise class takes a little bit more (laughs) cognitive capacity and like awareness than just showing up and following what the person is saying. So the why is because of that deep-rooted love for the morning and the desire to be a morning person that was planted in me in high school. In high school at summer camp, friends, we're talking about something that had been stirring in me for at least 10 years. 10 years. Okay, so how long has there been a desire sitting on your heart to make change or go after something? The shit doesn't just happen overnight. Okay, so I taught those classes two a week for about six months, and then I moved. So what happened then? Well, morning workouts became sporadic because I wasn't getting paid for them, and it wasn't part of my identity yet to be up in the morning. There wasn't a strong enough reason for me to get my ass up super early just for myself. So to speed this up a little bit, about two years out of grad school, I started to take becoming a morning person seriously. I wanted it to hit my identity. I was having some challenges at work and really needed to get my mind right before heading in to provide therapy all day. There was the necessity. Waking up early became critical to my identity, my identity as a psychologist. It was an ethical responsibility as a psychologist to have my shit together (laughs) before going and serving others. I'll give you a little bit more of the nitty-gritty of how I made that happen when we talk about the stages of change coming up. But first, what I really hope you took away from the story so far is that change takes time. I'm a psychologist. I know some shit about behavior change. And even as I was training and learning all of this stuff, it wasn't a magic turn of events to create the change. Even when I knew why I wanted to do it, change didn't just happen. It can be really easy to see someone on Instagram share a before and after and think, poof, they did it overnight. (laughs) Or a close friend or family member decides that maybe they're going to quit smoking or they're going to train for a marathon and poof, they just do it. 
But what you're not seeing or what you don't have access to is what's going on in their head and how long they've been thinking about creating this change and what steps they took to get to the turning point of taking action, right? That's the unsexy stuff that doesn't get likes and shares on Instagram. And somehow we've created shame around sharing the unsexy stuff. But what is it that I always say? It's the small, unsexy stuff that makes the biggest difference. So stages of change aren't sexy, (laughs) at least not in the externally and social media quote-unquote worthy way until the action and maintenance stages. So why don't we start talking about the other stages? In reality, it's that unsexy stuff, the being vulnerable and sharing the hard pieces of this is what creates community and what creates the deeper connections with one another. That's the shit we should be sharing and celebrating and encouraging one another on. So let's make the whole process sexy and something to celebrate because we don't have outcome without process. So let's celebrate the crap out of the process of behavior change. (laughs) Okay, so I've dropped some terms like action and maintenance and I've talked about these other stages, but I haven't actually taught them to you yet. So let's dive in. So there are five stages of change. There's pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and then maintenance. So pre-contemplation, this is when you're not even thinking about change. You don't see that there's something to change. You're just living your life, okay? So then contemplation is when you start to think about making a change, maybe identifying an area that could use some work or adjustment. So for example, this could be the person who smokes and starts learning about the negative health consequences of smoking and starts to wonder what it would be like for them to to quit, right? So they're thinking about it. They're not actually doing anything about it. They're just pondering. So we've got pre-contemplation, not even thinking about it, contemplation, you're starting to think about it, and then preparation. So this is when we've identified that there's an area that could use some work or adjustment, and we begin to take steps to get ready to take action. We're not actually taking action yet, okay? So for the example of the smoker, they've had a conversation with their doctor about quitting. They begin to purchase tools that support their quitting. So maybe they're getting mints or gums or medications, They start to do the research about support groups or ways that other people have been able to successfully quit. They take inventory of their smoking habits and patterns and begin to brainstorm ways to disrupt those habits and build new patterns, right? They're doing all of the things that are going to help get you ready to prepare, right? Preparation (laughs) to take action. Okay, so after preparation is the action, right? So this is where we start putting that preparation into action. And this phase takes time. You've probably heard that it takes 21 days to build a habit, but the research that's coming out now looking at like the true neuroscience behind like the cool shit that happens in our brain that literally is is creating these connections is saying that it can take upwards of 60 or more days to create sustainable habit change. Okay, so this isn't happening overnight. And there's no set or prescriptive amount of time to be in action. Okay, so I I want to say that so that you know, like, sure, there's kind of this formula of behavior change, if you will. But once you're in action, this is going to look different for every person 
and it's going to depend on what it is you're taking action on, okay? So we've got action, or we've got pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation. Now we're in action, and then there's maintenance. And so this is when the change has been made, and you're holding consistent. And I would argue that it's at this point at which the change has become part of your identity. It's become part of your day-to-day life. So you're not really thinking about it anymore, right? Like I'm not thinking about getting up and doing my morning routine. It has just become part of the fabric of my day and of my life, okay? So contemplation, you're not even thinking about making a change. Wait, pre-contemplation is when you're not even thinking about making a change. Contemplation is when you're starting to think about making a change. You're identifying some areas. Preparation is you're getting all the shit together so that you can take action. And then action, it's just what it says. You're putting all of your preparation to work and starting to, to, to make some moves and create some change. And then we've got maintenance. So earlier, I gave you the whole story for me about becoming a morning person, and I told you I'd give you some more of the nitty-gritty of each phase. So for me, pre-contemplation was before I learned about the magic of the morning, (laughs) okay? And then contemplation, that is when I'm seeing runners on the street as I drive by hungover on my way to the venti black iced coffee and blueberry muffin at Starbucks. Okay, I'm, I'm starting to think about making change. I'm starting to think about what my life would be like if I had gotten up two or three hours earlier and got after my day. So then in preparation, preparation was when I really got serious about my mornings and I would I would slowly start to shift my wake up time. So you'll see here in my example with preparation, there was a little bit of action built in, right? And it, that's okay. Sometimes our phases don't have a clear, like we're done with this phase and we're going to move into the other so there was a little bit of, of action, like preparatory action. Okay. So I would slowly shift my wake up time back by, we're talking five or 10 minutes, right? Five or 10 minutes, nothing wild. <laughs> and then I spent a lot of time really thinking about what I needed to be successful as a morning person, have a plan, have accountability and understanding what I would lose or what would be more painful than actually taking action, right? So if you remember, I was having some work difficulties and I needed to get my mind right. So for me, it was recognizing that I wasn't going to be as solid of a clinician if I didn't handle like taking care of myself before I went into work, okay? So maybe you're a parent and you're realizing that you need some time to kind of get your shit together before you start parenting your kiddos. Or maybe you need the time like in the evening that's just for yourself, right? So understanding where like not taking action is gonna cause pain in your life, that can be sort of the flip side of starting to identify what we might need to prepare. I hope that made sense. Okay, so preparation and then in action, this is where I got some a little bit like nitty gritty and strategic when I'm taking action. So my plan in the morning um, included exercise. So what I would do is I would wear workout pants to sleep in so that when the alarm went off and I started like wiggling around in bed, I would realize that I'm not just wearing PJs. I have 
these workout pants on. So it was a reminder of why my alarm was going off so early. And it would feel kind of (laughs) shitty if I didn't get up in time to work out. And then I'm having to take out take off exercise clothes without even exercising. So that became like a really tangible reminder of what I was doing and why the alarm was going off that early. Um, And then again, that piece of something that was painful that became motivating for me to actually take action. So then the other things I would do was prep the coffee pot the night before so that I could immediately get up. I'm already half-dressed for the workout because I've got my workout pants on. I would walk out to the kitchen, start brewing the coffee, go brush my teeth, wake up, put the rest of my workout clothes on. And by the time that was done, there was hot coffee ready. And I would drink like half a cup as I was kind of waking up and getting ready to work out. So the coffee pot would pop. (laughs) The coffee pot was prepped. And then um, I would make sure that lunch was ready. My clothes that I was going to wear to work were set out and everything that I needed for work was staged and ready to go. So I'm eliminating all of the, oh, well, I don't have time for this or I don't have time for that. I took care of it the night before. And then I set up accountability. So I had a group of people who we would all log into Zoom before Zoom <laughs> was like the big thing that it is now. Um, and we would do virtual workouts together. So we'd just get on there, we'd say hi, and we'd mute, and everyone would just like do whatever workout they're doing at home. And we had a little group chat and everything. And I gave these folks permission to call me out if I didn't show up. Or if I knew that I was traveling or I wasn't going to be there, I would message the group to let them know, right? So I was really holding myself accountable. So that was some of some of the nitty gritty of how I took action. And then it literally was like, focus on one day, one day and celebrate the success of what I did. Um, and there would be some days where maybe it was a rest day, I would still get up, but I would journal or I would read or I would just go make the cup of coffee and sit outside and just exist, right? Exist for a little while, get my mind right so that I would go to work in a place where I was ready to serve. Okay, so that was action. And then in maintenance, I've been in maintenance now for, oh gosh, I don't know, three, four years on this. And so in maintenance, I've expanded out the routine. So I have added in reading, we're talking 10 to 15 minutes of a book, nothing wild, and journaling. So this is just jotting down thoughts to clear my head um, as I'm going into the workout, as I'm going into the workday. And in maintenance, I continue the routine, even on weekends, even on vacation, and even when I'm traveling for work. It might look slightly different in terms of the time of day or where I'm working out or how I'm able to work out but the key elements are there, okay? (laughs) There's always coffee, there's always a bit of self-reflection, and there's movement, right? Movement of some sort. Even if it's just five minutes of stretching, I'm moving my body and waking myself up, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically for the day. And so ultimately for me in maintenance mode, if the morning routine isn't there, I just feel off and the day doesn't feel grounded. And again, that discomfort is what helps to reinforce the behavior change and and the behavior maintenance, essentially, right? Like it is more painful for me to not do this than it is to do it. 
And as I said before, this morning routine has just become, it's part of my identity. It's part of the fabric of my life. And the people who know me know that this is what I do, right? They don't bother me in the morning. They know what to expect. Even on vacation, they know that I'm going to have that cup of coffee. I'm going to be out on a patio. I'm going to be reading. And that's just what I do. Okay. So those are the steps. Pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. And so here's my suggestion. As you're thinking about those areas in your life where you'd like to make a change, first ask yourself why it's important and what will be different in your life with that adjustment, with that change. Because without this understanding, you're really just going to go through the motions and no matter what, that shit isn't going to stick. So get clear on why you're doing it and know that the why can and will ebb and flow over time. And that's totally okay because what got me started to be a morning person seven years ago is not what keeps it going today, right? Because I'm in maintenance. We're clear on the on the why, why it is you want to make this change today, now in this phase of your life. Then ask yourself what stage of change you're in because we can only work with where we're at. If you're in pre-contemplation, then stop beating yourself up for not being in action because you're not there yet. Spend your time understanding the why, like we just talked about, and then begin to shift yourself into preparation. Now, one caveat with preparation. This is not where you strive for perfection because, spoiler alert, perfection isn't real. It's simply an illusion that convinces you that you're not good enough and does nothing but hold you back. So fuck that shit. (laughs) We don't need any of that mess in our life. Okay, preparation is getting the basic shit together to begin to take action. Do you have a plan? Do you have all the necessary basic tools? And do you have support and accountability? Once you have those bases covered, get your ass to work and head into action. You can always make adjustments and realignments as you go, but you won't know what needs adjusting until you're taking action. And you know I love writing, so get a journal and document your process. Write things down and evaluating gives you data. You evaluate the data, you make tweaks, and you keep going. No judgment, just data. Data and taking the small, unsexy actions is what gets you to the sexy outcome. Okay, let's celebrate the process. Let's be honest about where we are in our stage of change because we don't, we could, like, we can't be anywhere other than where we are. So have some grace with yourself. And let, let yourself be where you are and, and take the steps that you need to based off of that stage of change. Okay, that's what I've got for you today. I hope you found this helpful. And as always, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to hit me up on Instagram. It's at the real Dr. Jehu. I'm so thankful for you t- tuning in today. And we'll talk next week. All right, friends. Thanks for joining in on another conversation beyond the couch. I'd love to hear your takeaways from today's episode. So if you would take a screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories and be sure to tag me at the real Dr. Jehu. I can't wait to connect with you. All right, we'll talk soon.